welcome back to Making Sense of Money, a financial education podcast aimed at making complex financial topics easier to understand. I'm Andrea Pellegrini. I'm Nikki Jancola Shanks. In case you missed our last mini episode, our third co-host, Jake Hamilton, had an amazing career opportunity. However, this means that he will no longer be on as a host. We must do Jake. Today, we want to focus on giving you an update about student loans. You may have heard about some student loan updates in the media lately, so we want to provide a little bit of clarification there. This topic is ever-changing and evolving, so please note that this is the most up-to-date news that we have as of our recording date of May 12th, 2022. So we're going to concentrate on two very specific things for this update, the student loan pause, as well as the public service loan forgiveness waiver. Both of these topics only apply to federal student loans. So if you need some more general info, please check out our webinar at go.uillinois.edu slash get savvy. And we will post that URL in the show notes to get you access to that webinar once it is live on our YouTube channel. All right. So let's start off talking about the student loan payment pause. So Andrea, can you give us the rundown? I can sure try. So as many student loan borrowers are aware, we haven't had to make any payments on federal student loans since March of 2020. And there's also been no interest accruing on those federal student loans. It's been extended several times, and the most recent deadline is now August 31st, 2022 of this year. So again, no payments are required. You can make payments on the principal if you want. This also stopped collections on any defaulted federal student loans. Interest is not accruing. So that's a really helpful part of this pause as well. You're not worried about interest ballooning or compounding right now. So let's talk a little bit more about that interest part. What exactly does that mean that it's paused and how, how is that helpful? That's a great question. So essentially the interest rate has now been set to zero, which basically means that the government is paying your interest on your behalf during this interest pause. And like I said earlier, it means that your loans are not, the interest is not compounding, your loans are not growing. So that means that any payments that you make will be directly on the principal and that will pay down your balance sooner if you are able to make those payments. Well, you, you just kind of touched on that a little bit, but let's explore it a little bit more. If you choose to make payments during this time, because for many reasons, people may choose that, what happens? How, how does that affect your loan? So if you're paying down your principal, right now there's no interest accruing, which is really helpful. And the more that you pay directly on your principal, the less interest will accrue when that interest accrual subsidy basically goes back into or or expires and your interest rates start shooting back up to four or five or 6% or whatever it is. One thing to note is if you've historically been enrolled in ACH or automatic payments, you got a 0.25% interest reduction. Currently, as far as I'm aware, you, you can't sign up for automatic payments during this time frame. 
but you can go in and make manual payments. So just remember that you just kind of have to set a calendar <laughs> reminder for yourself if that's a goal for you to pay down the, the principal during this kind of subsidized pause time. So just remember that. I think it will probably talk more about that later and the other impacts of making payments now. Yeah. I mean, I just know anecdotally, one of my very good friends has made it her goal because she was never on it. She was one of the lucky people who were never unemployed during COVID. So nothing changed for her financially that she decided that she's remapped her payment. So she's hoping that her loan will be either completely paid off or almost completely paid off by the time the, the pause ends. So she won't be paying. She'll have saved a lot of money that way by not having to pay interest. So That's we understand point. nobody, not everybody financially can do something like that. Yeah. But for those people that may be listening, that, that, that is something that they are capable of at this moment in their lives that just, we just wanted to make sure people were aware that if you cho choose to make a payment right now, it's, all going towards that principle and no interest. So you're actually paying your loan down faster. Yeah. And I think that's something that we previously have talked about when it comes to debt management, especially during this pandemic that's lasted two years, but feels like 10 years. A lot of people at the beginning were focusing on paying down higher interest debt. So if you've been able to pay off that higher interest debt, and now it, it's time to shift what you've been focusing on for debt repayment, it's a good time to, if the last thing you have is your student loans, which are 0% interest, starting to pay that principal down. So the current payment pause ends uh, August 31st of this year, which you mentioned. So that means September 1st payments start again. Is there a chance, Andrea, that the pause could be extended yet another time? Nobody knows. Nobody knows, Nikki. This is unprecedented, as we've talked about, as everyone's talked about. These are truly new times that we are living through. I think it is important to prepare for repayment. If you're in a position like we've already been talking about, where you are not working towards public service loan forgiveness, I think that's another piece of the public puzzle and have the means making those payments that would be the equivalent to what your anticipated monthly payment will be when things go back into effect. That will help you both expedite loan payoff and make it easier for you to transition into making payments when you will be required to again, right? We have a couple months, a few months before the September 1st, got to pay your loans again. So this will give you a good transition to try to get back into the habit of making those monthly payments. So if you have to skip like a July payment before just to ease the burden a little bit, it'll make it a lot easier once you have that as part of your, your budget and the habit. Thank you so much, Andrea. I think it's always great to be overprepared than underprepared. So if you in your mind are thinking that, hey, my payment's going to start September 1st, I need to to figure that out and then it gets extended again or all right, but you don't want to just assume something's going to happen and then be caught flat footed. So if you need any more information regarding the payment pause, please check the show notes or visit studentaid.gov. All right, moving on to the public service loan forgiveness waiver and public service loan forgiveness is also known as PSLF. Nikki, can 
tell us a little bit more about what that is? Sure. So the PSLF originally was created to encourage people to enter into public service professions. It was supposed to be very straightforward. It was supposed to be that you go in, you commit to work in public service for 10 years, and you make your payments on your loan during those 10 years, then the rest of your loan would be forgiven. So it's supposed to be an incentive, right? However, that's not actually what ended up happening. (laughs) The Department of Ed ended up putting in a bunch of different rules in place, and the rules got to be, you had to have this certain type of loan, this certain type of payment, If you were a day late, it doesn't count. Like the the rules just kind of kept snowballing. And what ended up happening was due to all of these technicalities, a ton of applications were denied. In fact, in 2019, 99% of people who were going for PSLF were denied for one reason or another. So clearly, traditionally, the public service loan forgiveness program had some very strict requirements. So like Nikki said, you had to have a certain type of loan, certain type of payment, a certain type of job. But in October of 2021, this past fall, the Biden administration released something called the PSLF waiver in an attempt to fix some of those problems. And we're gonna break it down into parts to try to make it a little bit easier to understand. But Nikki, what changed regarding the types of loans and public service loan forgiveness? Sure. So in the past, many borrowers either didn't know or realize or maybe actually were steered away into other options, loans that would disqualify them from PSLF, even though they were in public service. So what I mean for that is you have always had to have a direct loan for PSLF. People may not have realized that. They may have been on it. They may have had a different type of loan, a fell loan, Perkins loan, whatever type of loan. And they thought, well, I have the student loan and I'm in public service and I'm making my payments. My loan will be forgiven. And that's not true because they didn't have a direct loan. With this waiver, it basically is now saying that all past, all of those loans that you were in public service that was not a direct loan will count. Now, first, in order to get them to count, you have to consolidate all your loans into a direct loan. So let's say you have these different loans, like you were a teacher 10 years ago and you had a fell loan. That traditionally would not count towards your PSLF. As a side note, I know I've been saying fell a lot. That's actually the FFEL loans which is the federal family education loan, but a lot of people refer to it as FEL. So you may have had different types of student loans. So let's say I was a teacher 10 years ago. I actually was a teacher 10 years ago, but (laughs) um, 10 years ago, I'm a teacher. I thought that my service was going to qualify, but then I find out I had actually been making my payments on a FEL loan as opposed to a direct loan. So none of those payments counted towards my PSLF payments. With this waiver, that means now that those payments that I made on that fell loan will count. So this is a really great opportunity for people who may have been denied in the past or didn't really go after PSLF because they realized 
well, I've been paying on the wrong type of loan for years. So I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go through the hassle of starting over. Now those payments will count. But again, in order for them to count, you first have to consolidate them into a direct loan. So as with many things on this podcast that we talk about, I highly recommend calling and talking through either FSA or your servicer. Make sure you understand because this opens up a lot of doors for a lot of people. You may be close to paying off your student loan. And if you consolidate at this point, that may actually not be the best option for you. So make sure that what you're doing is the best option for you. But just know that if you have been in public service and you were denied because of the type of loan that you had for PSLF, the waiver now allows those payments on a different loan to count if you consolidate. You mentioned that there's situation, like you need to make the best choice for yourself. So you might have a situation where you have, let's say, a Perkins loan that has different types of loan forgiveness options. In this waiver, you could consolidate it, but then you would lose the options that you had for forgiveness for Perkins because it would be a brand new loan. Those are things to consider. Know what you have. What are the differences between the benefits and what you have and what this option offers you? And then make the best choice for your individual situation. We just want to encourage you to take action sooner rather than later because it will take time to consolidate and it will take time to apply for this waiver situation. So don't delay, figure it out today. Yes. <laughs> but just the important thing here is just for people to realize, because I think some people have heard about if they had been denied in the past because they're like, you didn't have the right type of loan. I think a lot of people even right now hear about PSLF and the waiver and they're like, oh, well, I've already been denied that. And we just really want to stress that that may not be true anymore, that your past payments on a different type of loan can now count. It's important that we clarify that. The other thing, so besides what this waiver does for the types of loans that qualify, what does it do for people that may not have been on the right type of payment plan in the past? That is a great question. There are many, many types of payment plans, but only income-driven repayment plans known as IDR count towards PSLF in the past. And standard. If you did make payments on the standard plan, it did count. But if you stay on the standard plan for 10 years, you've already paid it off before PSLF would be applicable. So it's kind of a moot point. But it did allow for like you to make take some time. Right. But in general, you really needed to be on an IDR plan. Definitely to make Uh, the most of the forgiveness. Yes. So if you weren't, you may have been denied PSLF. With this waiver, those past payments will now also count towards your payment count. So let's say you made a year's worth of payments on the extended graduated plan, and then you went for PSLF and they're like, oh, well, you're not at 120 payments because this year or this, these 12 payments didn't count 
those 12 payments will now count with the waiver. This is a huge thing for a lot of people because, you know, a lot of people just picked what repayment plan worked for them and they didn't realize that selecting one over the other was actually going to harm their chances for forgiveness. So this is a really great benefit right now. Another really great benefit is that also when it came to payment counts, right, we said you had to, with PSLF, you had to make 120 payments, work 10 years, right? That's a payment for every month for 10 years. In the past, there were a ton of instances of people being denied PSLF due to a partial payment. And what I mean by partial is sometimes it was wrong by four cents. Sometimes it was wrong by a quarter. You have it on automatic payment. You don't realize that, oh, this, you know, this little interest thing went up. And so you thought you were making all these on-time payments and then people would discover that their loans were off by a nickel and none of those payments counted. Also, late payments did not count. So even if you paid it in full, but you were a day late or two days late for whatever the reason may be, they also didn't count. But with the waiver, all partial payments and all late payments will now count towards your 120 payments. And also just to clarify in the past, when a payment is due, most companies, I'm never going to say all because there's always people who do weird things, but most companies count that if you paid it within 15 days, that it was still on time. But there were many instances in these reports and research that have been done by a lot of student loan groups that are trying to advocate for different changes to, to the student loan programs that show that day 16, their payment no longer counted. But again, with this waiver, all of those past payments will count. If that had happened to you and you have recently logged into your student loan on studentaid.gov, you may have seen your payment count already jump up. That's great news because we've all been late at some point in time. Right. This, this is great. What other changes does this waiver bring about that we haven't talked about yet, Mickey? So one of the things that has changed is what jobs may now qualify. So there were, in the past, you may have been told that your job didn't qualify, but now it does. So I'm going to give you a real life example that this happened with my cousin. My cousin's stepfather had out a parent plus loan for her education. And he was a custodian in a public school, a K through six school for years and years and years. And so they went to apply for the public service loan forgiveness. It was denied. They said that his job did not count, even though it was a public, he worked in a public service institution. When this waiver was announced, my cousin went online and went into her FSA. And now they were counting her stepdad's service under the waiver, as they should have from the beginning, in my opinion, but what do I know? (laughs) That's just one real life example that happened to somebody that I know. I've heard of others too, as as I've done this work in the student loan policy realm, that, you know, it it was stuff like, like that. They were denied because her stepdad was a custodian as opposed to a teacher. But again, it was a public service. (laughs) So I definitely want to stress this because if you again, heard about this PSLF waiver and in your head, you were thinking, I've already been denied because they said my job didn't count. Now is your opportunity to see if it will count. Another really big change is 
that you used to have to be currently working in a public service job in order to have your loan forgiven. So you used to have to be working in public service, make your 120 payments or 10 years, continually work in that job until you're, as you finished up your PSLF, all the paperwork to have your loan forgiven. That is no longer a requirement. You do not need to be currently working there. So the reason why they did this is when you think about it, all these things that we've been talking about, like past loan payments, payments on the wrong type of loan, late payment, et cetera, people may have moved on. You know, people have had their student loans for years and years and years. So they may have moved on for those jobs. So in order to catch that group of borrowers, basically what the Department of Ed is saying is you no longer have to still be working at a public service job to get this forgiveness if you had it in the past. Example, you were a teacher, you taught for, let's say, seven years, you learned, and then you decided you wanted to go to law school, and now you work at a law firm. Those seven years would now count under PSLF. You, again, like we were talking about, you have to kind of figure this out, what's best for you in your situation, depending where you are in your life, it may not matter, right? Like maybe you only worked in a public service job for three years before you switched and you have no intention of going back. Well, okay, then maybe the waiver's not for you. But there are cases where we've heard from people where it's like they had nine years or all 10 years that they thought that they were going to make the PSLF only to be told at the very end that they didn't have the right number of payments or loans or whatever. So they left public service. They may want to go back for a little bit to make sure, you know what I mean? But it, it just, it all depends on your personal situation. But that is, again, another benefit that we want to make sure people are aware of. Another thing to just kind of look out for is that FSA has been going through and doing some automatic forgiveness based on your loan and your service. For example, my cousin, who I told the story about earlier, she literally logged in to her student loan and saw that that Parent PLUS loan had been forgiven. And it was because everything she had, it was always a direct loan. They had made the payments. And she had, rate as, as I've heard FSA say, they, that group of, bar, they had raised their hand, meaning they had tried to get PSLF and it's on their file as doing that. And they could see why it was denied. So then they just automatically fixed it. So they have been doing that. There's also been some automatic forgiveness about scams that may have happened with different colleges and universities and schools that have been shut down. So if you happen to be in that bucket, you know, you may have also seen something pop up on your studentaid.gov account. So that is kind of all of the changes. It's a lot. I know. It's confusing. When in doubt, go to FSA website or call your servicer. Thank you, Nikki. Was there anything that stayed the same that we should know about? Yes. So the basis of the program stayed the same. As I discussed earlier, you do have to have a direct loan. So you had those other loans, you have to consolidate into a direct loan. You need to have worked or be currently working for a qualified employer. 
the employers may have changed and expanded as to what they count, but it still needs to be a public service job. You have to be working full time, so not half time or part time or three quarter time. And you do have to make 120 qualifying payments. None of that has changed. All right. We hope that we were able to clear up maybe some confusion you had about the latest student loan announcements about the PSLF waiver and the extension of the pause on student loan payments and interest. This stuff is all very confusing. So don't be afraid to ask questions. You can go to the federal student aid website, studentaid.gov. Studentloans.gov will also redirect there as well. Or you can call your servicer. And if you're not sure who your servicer is, you can log in to your studentaid.gov dashboard and it'll show the loans that you have as well as all the servicers that those loans might be at and how to contact them. So it's a really good resource that we'll make sure that is in the show notes. Yes. Thank you for joining today. If your head is spinning, totally understandable. Andrea and I work in this space a lot. And so we know a lot about student loans and what is going on. Uh, We try to make it easier to understand. But if you are still confused, I also understand that because sometimes even I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) What are we talking? So it's totally natural. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Do what's best for you. One thing I did forget to mention, I apologize. During the student payment pause, as you pay $0, that counts towards PSLF. Oh yes, that's why I mentioned, if you are not working towards public service loan forgiveness and you have the means, making payments on your principal during that pause is really helpful. But it's really important to remember, if you're trying to do the PSLF thing, don't make payments during this pause. All of these months are counting towards good qualifying payments with no payments. Your 120 qualifying payments is not being affected by the payment pause. These months count. So I will leave you on that good note. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining us today. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe this podcast. We'll talk to you next time.